Shalom, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. We believe the Torah is relevant for our lives today, God's teachings and instructions. You may very well be part of the first generation to be born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and have the Torah, a Christian with Torah. Join us as we honor the living God through the study of His Word, topical conversations, and interviews with special guests. Please welcome our hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to Christians with Torah. That's right. I say the same thing every week. It's great. Shalom, That's everybody. We welcome to Christians. That's it's consistency. That's what we want. We're in Studio B. We are. I got to tell them where we're at because, you know, we move around a little bit here and there because one of these days I'm going to be like, hey, I'm in Studio Israel. That's right. And that'll be pretty cool. And I'm here with Pastor Nick Plummer. Hey, Pastor Nick. It's great Nick. to be here. It is. And it's an honor. I'm glad to see you. God's you will know. be done. God's will Our be done. Our fourth season. I mean, that's just a... Season you know it's four, a God thing. Episode what, 26, How many distractions do people have? How many people could say that they've done something continually every week for four years? For four years. Yeah. I haven't reached four years yet. We're at three and a half years. We're we in are. our fourth year. We are in our fourth year. That's pretty good. Which is really good. Especially for me, because my nickname as a kid was Flash and Dash. So I'm surprised that I've come in and I've flashed and I haven't dashed yet. There's still some flash. There, well, some dash. Then there's still time. Mm, I don't think there's any dash. No, just no, flash. Right. Just flash. You're right. Let's do the double portion. Yeah, we have a double portion today, which means that we've got to burn through some content. We here. have eight pages of an outline. To eight look pages at. of outline, yeah. where we normally have four. But we can do it. And we're going to do it. Oh, we're going to do it. So I want to mention that we are in the Omer season. This is a season of creativity. So if you're feeling a little frisky and you're feeling like, ooh, I want to try a little, do a little something new, do Time this, of do creativity, that. creativity, yeah. Uh, I encourage you to step out in faith and do that thing that God has been telling you that you should be doing. And then another little thing going on, which is really not a little thing, it's a big thing. We have Shmuel Younger from Christian Friends of Israeli Communities coming on Monday, April 19th. So if you are in the Brandon, Florida area, I encourage you to come. And if you're not, I think we will be live streaming that service. So I encourage you to tune in at topraise.net, YouTube, or wherever we live stream on the Bait Tehillah channel is where that stuff will be live streamed. Um, but Shmuel Younger is an awesome friend of uh, Beit Tehila, and we love him, and we're excited to spend some the, time Yeah, with we him. see the uh, a form of reconciliation between Jews and Gentiles. That's right. It's That's coming right. to a Reach, church near you. Reaching across the aisle. Or a church agog near you. That's right. So, all right, let's jump in. we got two portions here, Tazria and Metzorah. And uh, Tazria means she conceives. It's found in Leviticus chapter 12 and verse 1 and ending in chapter 13 and verse 59. And Metzorah means person with skin disease. And that is uh, Leviticus chapter 14, verse 1 through chapter 15 and verse 33. So we're going to try to make this uh, Torah portion relevant. So I'm going to let Ryan just kick it off here. Get us going here with uh, question number one. Yep, question number one. How long would a woman be unclean after having a man-child? She would literally be unclean for just seven days. So seven days for a baby boy. That's right, seven days. And then what was to be done on the eighth day? There's going to be a circumcision. So the boy was to be circumcised on the eighth, on the day. eighth That's right. day. All right, so now we've got a, a, the commandment of when we're circumcising boys on the eighth day, and how long was the purifying process for a woman after giving birth to a man-child? So basically, the purifying process will be 33 days. So 7 plus 33... Is 40 days. 40 days. That you cannot be intimate with your wife, because it's a healing process, you know, basically. Or another way to word that would be that she gets to rest. (laughs) She gets to rest. (laughs) So she's unclean for seven days, which is just a a condition. Yes. It's not a sin. Right. It's just a condition, a state of being. And then she goes into 33 days of a purification process. Gotcha. Because on a regular monthly basis, there's already seven days of separation. That's right. So this is the normal seven days of separation when there's an issue of blood, and then 33 days of purifying. And I'm not sure how long it takes for her to go back into her monthly menstrual cycle, but that takes some time, too. Well, as long as she's breastfeeding, she won't go into it. Yeah, it doesn't just kick off right away there. It's a period of time there where you don't even have an, an egg, I guess. Right, right. No eggs. Um, nope, not, I don't know if that's true. I don't know if there may be eggs, but no menstruation. Yeah. Yeah. No shedding of it. Yeah. Yeah. So interesting. It is interesting, which is actually, they say that women are more fertile 
during this time period, which is why I think that God's giving them a break because yeah. it wouldn't be good for them to get pregnant so quick. That's true. Um, all right, so let's keep rolling. So Actually, my brother and I are 13 months apart. So There you go. <laughs> that's, the, that's not good. I mean, my kids are 18 months apart and 22 months apart, and then obviously, you know, Aaliyah's. Yeah, so my brother and I younger. was born May 11th, 1967, and he was born June 27th. 1968. 1968. Wow, that's really close in age. It is. <laughs> 13 months. 13 months. It's wow. kind of interesting. Yeah, well, that's why God puts these laws together. You that's know? right. So uh, could she come into the sanctuary during her purifying process? The answer is no, she cannot. Gotcha. And uh, she's healing and everything. So Right. And so now that's the laws concerning having a baby boy. Right. And so now we're going to go into the laws concerning having a baby girl. And so how long would a woman among Israel be unclean when bearing a female child? That is going to be two weeks for a female, for a little daughter. It's two weeks of uncleanness. So she's unclean at this time. An extra week other than a male. So Right. And then how long would she have to continue in the blood of her purifying? The uh, the purifying process for, for a daughter is, once again, it seems to be doubled. Yep. It's 66 days. 66 days. Got it. So she's unclean for two weeks, but then the process. So, like, if you look at the laws of purifying, which we'll get into some of the stuff about leprosy Absolutely. here. Um, but, you know, any of the things that you read, there's a process to go from a state of unclean back to a state right. of clean. Right. And the process here for a baby boy was 33 days so she wasn't necessarily unclean after the first seven days but there's a process to go from the unclean to the clean absolutely and purifying process when you when you encounter like a dead body for example right the process is only a day right you wash your clothes wash yourself and then you're only unclean until evening that's true Whereas here you have a 66-day process. It's a process. That obviously having a, giving birth to a baby, I would say, is a pretty, uh, there's a process to that. Absolutely. So then the, the, the transition is also a process. And so 80 days. After her purifying process, is she required to bring her burnt offering and her sin offering to the priest? Yes. Once again, a burnt offering is totally consumed, and the sin offering uh, is for her. Uh, and of course, it is uh, actually uh, consumed by the, by the priest. They have a portion of that. And were these two offerings to make an atonement for her, so she could be cleansed from the issue of her blood? Yes, absolutely, gotcha. absolutely. <laughs> Got it. So here's the question: Why would the purification process of women after childbirth be so important to the Lord? You know, Ryan, I have to just throw this in here to to, to show you how relevant it is and how personal it is. Because I know you made mention of it last night, but it is quite humorous. As you discover these things about intimacy and yeah. everything, and we know where babies come from. Yes. Uh, you know, I had the three boys. Yeah. I had Josiah, Nehemiah, and Micah. Yeah. And it was a period of, you know. Um, 40 days 40 each. days. This is 120 days. It's, it's like a month and 10 days. Not yeah. too bad, you know. Uh, then, of course, the, the real fun began. When I had the five daughters. Back to back. So think about it, everyone. If you're listening to every daughter that you have, you have to wait 80 days before you can be intimate. Yep. That's basically what the Bible's teaching because she's in this process. So I think it's important that we understand that. You have five daughters. The five daughters. That's 400 days plus 120 days. It's 520 days. It's almost like the gestation period of an elephant or something. It's a year and a half. I don't know. How long does it take for an elephant to have a baby? I'm not sure. Donkeys are a lot longer, too. So. My, my point is, is that there's a reason for everything. And it makes perfect sense that her body's healing. Yep. And I said time for healing after the pregnancy. I agree with that. Yeah, um, it's I, time for healing. I also agree that, um, you know, mother needs to be with her baby. She needs to have the yeah, time and, to... Yeah, and, you know, people are always asking, like, why is it longer for a daughter? And that's, sure. that's a very good question. Yeah. You know, it's interesting that... I said last night, I, and I, I believe this, that it takes twice as long and twice as much work to make such a perfect you know, oh, the child. Oh, female takes female. more work, yeah. Right. She's a designer homo sapien. Yeah. Designed from his rib and then woman. Yeah. You've given me woman. Woo. But, you know, the thing is, though, you know, when you look at the judgment, though, uh, in the Garden of Eden, you know, Satan was judged and then Eve and then the man mm-hmm. in that order of falling to, to the original sin. But the thing is, Ryan, you know, we, there's just some things we don't understand, but we need to probably get into some commentary or whatever and uh, dig some of that stuff up and try to look at that and, and get a better understanding 
why it would be longer for a daughter than it is for a son. So uh, it's a great question. Uh, I haven't really researched it out thoroughly or fully, but it is a good question. Why would it be longer for a daughter? Very good question. You know, it's good to have questions. Sometimes we don't have the answers. But we can uh, do a little research. Yeah. You know, what I was thinking about this, I was I was kind of giving it some thought. Um, Matthew Sprunt, uh, this past Shabbat, was um, doing the Torah portion. And that was doing last week's Torah portion and uh, talks about the sin of Nadab and Abihu. And, um, you know, he was talking about how much he loves gardening and um you're doing things with agriculture and things Watching like that. Things grow, which I can I can attest to that because I talk to Matthew, you know, on a regular basis, and we're always talking about you know land and what we're planting and this and that, and he's always encouraging me to you know yeah. get back into the spirit of the horticulturist is upon him exactly. And so you know he was talking about how there's this process with God, you know, that you plant the seed and then you water it, but God brings that increase, right? And so it's partnership with our Father, our Abba, that. In agriculture, we're able to do that. Well, look at God's creation process. Right. He worked for six days, right? So he created. Carried the baby for nine months. Right. He created. And then on the seventh day, he rested. And so then we extrapolate that onto this process with like, you know, the seed that goes in the earth, right? You plant the seed, it grows, and then eventually you're able to harvest, and then you reap the benefits of that. Well, now look at the woman having a child, right? right? She goes nine months. As you mentioned, there's a seed that's planted, then that's That's watered, and and it's grown inside the mother's uh, womb. And then once she gives birth, then there's a time of rest. And this is the way to God. So we're looking at, in this particular chapter, we're still on the way to God up until... Uh, chapter 17 is the final chapter for the way to God. Sure. Then the walk with God begins 18 to 27. Yeah. But as we move on to laws about leprosy in Leviticus 13, if you had a spot on your body and the hair inside of it was white and it was deeper than the skin of the flesh, were you considered to have leprosy? Yes. Now, we're going to get into skin afflictions here, everyone. And I want to remind you that the first dermatologists were the priests. Yeah, that's right. So any kind of rash or any kind of outbreak on your skin. I know sometimes, you know, when I get a little, my nerves are a little shot or my nerves or, or whatever, I'll get like little red splotches. You ever seen the little red splotches sometimes? You know, it talks about Yeshua, you know, bleeding from his corpuscles, you know, literally drops of blood. He was so stressed. Oh, yeah. You know, which is so real. Mm-hmm. Uh, humanly speaking. So, uh, but that's just something to think about. So, who was responsible for diagnosing leprosy? It would be Aaron, the priest, and his son. So, anybody in the line of Aaron. That's right. So, the Cohens. Uh, that's right, the Cohens. And not, so, not so the Levites, but the Cohens. So, notice that if you had a skin affliction or if you had something going on, you had to go to the priest. Yes. We'll talk more about that later the, the considerations and the options. Uh, are you considered unclean when you have leprosy? Oh, yeah. yeah you are sure. considered unclean. Yep. Uh, and how long would an individual be quarantined and then re-examined for leprosy? Uh, it would be seven days. Isn't it interesting that we have this word quarantine? Oh, yeah. Wait, that's in the Bible? It is. We're going to see some examples here. If the plague did not spread after being examined on the seventh day by the priest, what was the next step? So they would shut him up seven more days and you know, so they could come back and re-examine him again right. after that. It's kind of interesting, you know, uh, and, and what's the quarantine for COVID-19? 14 days. 14 yeah, days, yeah. two sevens. Yeah. Very interesting. So what would the priest do the second week on the seventh day? So this is a re-examination, a follow-up visit. Right. So in this follow-up visit, if the plague uh, was somewhat dark and the plague sp- didn't spread on the skin, the priest shall pronounce him clean and say that it was a scab and that he shall wash his clothes and be clean. Very good. So he's uh, got a free bill of health. Yep, that's good. It's not leprosy. Right. Interesting. Uh, If the plague did not spread after being re-examined on the 14th day, what would they then be? They would then be clean. They would be clean. All right. Let's get into the the laws about leprosy. Ryan, I'll let you handle that. This is Leviticus 13. Once again, same chapter, verses 12 through 28, laws about leprosy. Once again, there's other skin diseases as well psoriasis and different things and yeah we've definitely discovered that the word in hebrew that they're translating as leprosy doesn't necessarily mean leprosy the specific leprosy disease that we call today leprosy the skin affliction it's any of these skin afflictions right so could leprosy break out on the head or the beard oh yes oh yeah absolutely Yep, and then the priest, here's Leviticus chapter 13.30, Then the priest shall see the plague, and behold, if it be in sight deeper than the skin, and there be in it a yellow thin hair, then the priest shall pronounce him unclean. 
It is a dry skull, even a leprosy upon the head or beard. Very good. And so, you know, (laughs) what's cool is that they're giving the specific instructions. These are signs that you have this skin affliction, this leprosy. Yeah, no, absolutely. So that's that's pretty cool that we're able to see that. It's a dry skull. So once a person is declared clean, what did they have to do with their clothes? They had to wash their clothes and then be clean. Right. So here's the process. Yeah. Yeah. It's set out. It's pretty pretty simple, right? Oh, yeah. And it's it, a process. And it makes sense. It does. It's a follow-up. It's a follow-through. Yep. And so was it a good sign to see a black hair grow up in the affliction of the skin? Yes, it was a good sign. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, I don't think I have any black hairs. My hairs are pretty. I don't even know if you guys can see my hairs on my arm there. I don't I don't have. I've Half past a freckle, quarter to a hair. <laughs> I used to say that as a kid. Yeah, what time is it? You go like this. Half pounds of freckle? Quarter to a hair. Yeah. It kind of goes along with the Torah portion. It kind of does. It kind of yeah. does. Here's another question for all of you folks out there with uh, hats on. Uh, does the Bible talk about baldness? Absolutely it, it does. Sh- it sure does. And is it okay to lose your hair? It's perfectly fine. <laughs> it's normal. Even. It's normal yeah. to... Yeah. Lose your hand. <laughs> you know what they say, hair today, gone, gone tomorrow. tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I'll let you say it. Just so I don't have to anymore. Yeah, I, I would like throw my hair in the wind. You oh, know, yeah, but, you Fabio, you. But, you know, it's a little short. This is true. So was it considered leprosy if you had a white reddish sore on your beard, on your bald head or your forehead? The white reddish sore on your bald head or forehead. Yes, it would be considered leprosy. It was a white, reddish sore. Not good. So was the leper commanded to cry out that they were unclean? Yes, because leprosy is contagious. Yeah. So I've Some seen that in movies. I've seen that in movies. They walk around the crowds and they're like, unclean! And everybody's like, oh, get away, get away! You know, and they beat yeah. them with a stick or something. I think they show that in The Chosen. Oh, no, it was in the movie Risen. They Remember? do. I think they, oh, yes, they do. But they showed some people beating up a leper in The Chosen. And then Jesus. Oh, that's him. right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, talk about kicking a man while he's down. You know, <sighs> not good. Uh, thank thank God for His Son. Amen. That yes. comes in and, and takes us out of our our leper that's right. state. Where did the leper have to live? Dwell alone without the camp. So, so they were isolationists. They were kicked out of the camp. Right. And they had these things back then called leper colonies, right? So all the lepers, right? You know, misery loves company, right? So they would they would stick together, and right? So, um, now, if you had a garment that was leprous, right, contaminated, so to speak, with leprosy, um, this is cleansing a leper's garment. Correct. You would have three options of what you could do with it, and so, Master Nick, what are the three options? Okay, if you want to cleanse a leper's garment of leprosy or any form of leprosy on cloth, uh, you could burn it, wash it, or rend it. So you could burn it, wash it, or rend it. That's what you would do if there was a um, a sign of anything like that on the cloth itself. You know, think of it like like mold or something. Well, what about? I'm just saying that. What about like, let's say uh, somebody who had? Lep- have you ever seen like mold on? On clothing, I have. Oh, yeah, of course. Like if there's precipitation or, or moisture, yeah. you'll see mold growing on stuff. Oh, yeah. And sometimes it's, I would I would say for me, I I, I don't try to save it. <laughs> Burn it. I Burn just, it with fire. I, I, well, I throw it away. Yeah. So I don't rend it. I mean, I don't wash it. I don't burn it. I just throw it away. It says right here you're supposed to burn it. Like the wash camping it, stuff, or you know, or whatever. Sometimes you get stuff. Oh, out. yeah, yeah, you're like right. Towels and yep. stuff. Yep, yep. Or a sleeping bag. Yeah, you, you, you just s- don't want to put that in your washer. You I don't smell know. Smell the towel. Oh, it's like the, musty. Yeah. The musty smell. Uh, that's not a good smell. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, the interesting thing here would be is it always the garment? It says a garment that was contaminated here. But this could also be like, for example, when you had something on you and you had to go and, you know, wait outside the camp and quarantine or you were shut up inside your house to quarantine yourself and the priest would come and visit you. It says wash your clothes. So this is in the wash category, I would say, with some person, not necessarily the garment itself. That person would then be able to just wash the clothes and it was okay. Right. But if something was wrong with the garment, meaning it had something on it, you could cut out that portion. Right, right that's and true. remove that. Yeah, or you could just burn the whole it, garment because fabric is just so hard to come by. It's porous, right? Yeah. And it, it lives it's, in it. They didn't have Walmart. It's hard back to then. get rid of and all that. Yes, correct, correct. So, 
So here we go. So in times past, the children of Israel would go to the priesthood to learn about the Torah and to help them with different circumstances, i.e. skin conditions. Why would people today choose other means, like drugs, alcohol, the government, etc., to solve their problems instead of going to the modern-day clergy or church? Let me just, I'll just share three things that I have. I mean, as a, as a believer, as I was a sheep and I'm a shepherd, uh, and, and I was in the world, now I'm no longer in the world, but um, I, would, I would say this, you know, why would people do that? Well, number one, um, my stepfather-in-law, Mr. Timothy Colbo, said there's a breakdown of the family that would cause you to do that. Which is pervasive. The family's broken down. So you were never taught to go to the right place. Right. right. So the family, the, the breakdown of the family, number one. Number two, uh, I, I wrote this down. I thought this was interesting. This is one of my thoughts last night. A lot of people live in the natural realm and not in the spiritual realm. So like a lot of times, let's just say like curses are handed down and different things. Like, gosh, you know, my, my dad, my dad's dad, my grandfather had a problem with alcohol my dad did and now i do yeah you know so you put it all together and you realize so there's a curse something's been handed down right and that's a spiritual connotation is it really genetic or maybe it's spiritual it could be it could be genetic too right. you know my 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 grandfather had diverticulitis my dad did and then i had it oh wow but i try to drink plenty of water yeah in fiber but the third thing is a lot of people don't believe in sin it's just bad behavior. You're just not doing well. Mm. It's okay to, to do what you want to do and get away with it. Yeah, you know? yeah, so yeah. a lot of people don't believe in sin. I um, I think that all of those things the are true. The blame game. You know, yeah. I'm the way I am because of my parents. Gotcha. But the Bible says we're responsible for our own actions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I agree 100% with that. I think... Um, you know, just like you know, the enemy's first tactic is to get you to believe he doesn't exist, right? Oh, he loves right? that lie. Yeah. Oh, he does. And then he's taking you away from God. But he's got some other tactics, right? Yeah, well, he does. Methodia in the Greek. Right. One of them is to uh, make you doubt the credibility of the church and right. of, Bunch of clergy. Right. Oh yeah. And so I would venture to say that the devil has a PR office set up inside the church. Public relations. Yeah. To make people not like the church. You know, I got hurt in the church. The people are a bunch of hypocrites, That's this right. and that. You know, hey, the priests and, you know, issues with molestation in the past right. and things like that. And, oh, that not only did it happen, but also then the church tried to cover it up. Right. And so more and more what's been happening is the, you know, his other tactic, you know, right in line with that is to make people trust the government or... In some other substance, you know, like you mentioned, drugs, alcohol, right. you know, whatever it is. But, um, you know, we, we kind of had a discussion last night that was pretty good about, you know, going to the church or going to a doctor and things like that. Um, you know, which one should you do? And I think that God gives us all common sense. He gives us his spirit for those of us that, you know, live a life submitted to Christ. And that with that discernment that he gives us through his Holy Spirit, that we can use the common sense that he gave us, that we can use the spirit of right. God inside of us to make good decisions when it comes to our health and our health care. Because we're a three-part being, exactly spirit, right. soul, and body. And some people don't realize that. You know, when I go throughout the checkout line just to mess with the, the cashier, you should try this, Ryan. It is so fun. Yeah. And I, and I got to bring it back because we're going into the counting of the Omer and then the giving of the Holy Spirit. Sure. So like, as I go through the line, it's just, well, how are you doing? I say, well, how is your spirit doing? <laughs> How's your spirit? <laughs> yeah. They look at you like, what is that? Yeah. How's your spirit? Because huh. our spirit can be broken. Right. It's just fun. Yeah. And then no, the, just the, getting the, different reactions from people. Yeah, the bad sure. boys and people just like, How's my spirit? Huh. You, it's like the Chihuahua, you know. Yep. Huh? How's your spirit? Yeah. You know, I like to do different things like that, you know. And, and, and we'll just say this. It's just so funny. I just thought about it. And when people say, well, sir, you have a nice day. Yeah. And I'm like, that's all you're going to give me? <laughs> what about tomorrow? Yeah. <laughs> Why can't you say, you have know. A, have a nice life. <laughs> have a good life. <laughs> have a good life. Huh. Have a good month. Go with victory. Yeah. Because I need more than one day, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I got Just that. Just little things that we do that are funny, you know. For sure. So, um, you know, when people are, are making decisions, whether um, to go to the doctor or to go to the priest or whatever, I think it's important for people to recognize that the spiritual and the natural mirror each other. And, and so, Luke was a physician, so there's nothing against doctors. No, absolutely I not. think if there's something wrong with you, you need to go to the doctor. Oh, no, for sure. 
and you can pray and all that, but... But I think that just like the spiritual and the natural mirror each other, it, the spiritual and the natural work in conjunction with each other. The things in the natural affect the spiritual, and the things in the spirit That's right. affect the natural. And so um, I think that if we just focus on the natural and say, hey, take this pill and this goes away or whatever, or get this shot and this goes away. But if we don't also recognize the spiritual root to everything, then we run the risk of this just coming back again. Or maybe it goes away now, right? Just like the one demon and you clean the house, but then you get seven more that come back in. What are you filling yourself up with? Right. So it's important to recognize that there is a, a spiritual component and significance to everything in life. And when it comes to these types of things, like, for example, skin conditions, you know, people can uh, manifest different ailments, especially skin conditions, because of sin, unconfessed sin, um, things that they're dealing with and things like that, that your body, you know, will express the things that are going on inside your mind, your heart, and in your spirit physically out on your skin. That's good. And, um, you know, and so if you have that going on, I would encourage you to, you know, look at the spiritual That's aspects true. as well as the Get natural Get to the root stuff. of the problem. Right. So what two lessons can be learned from the Torah portion? Tazria, she conceives, Leviticus chapter 12, verse 1, all the way through chapter 13, verse 59. I'm going to give you my two, Ryan, from the consensus of me. Uh, this is what I got from this. Number one, now check this out, everybody. The purification process was given to man to make him clean and pure, which is symbolic of our God. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Yep. I mean, you know, we love to wash our cars. We love to, you know, have pressure wash our homes. We love to take baths and showers. We feel better. Oh, yeah. Psychologically, even. Yeah. So so it's just symbolic of, of, of purification and cleansing. Uh, that's number one. Number two, um, there are many more different kinds of skin diseases besides leprosy as a result of the original sin. Oh, yeah rashes and yep because our skin would be perfect if it weren't for sin all the time all the time all of your health would be perfect so um i would say the number one thing that i want to express to the folks out there listening about this tour portion tazria is that clean and unclean doesn't necessarily mean clean and dirty good point um that these words are uh, multifaceted in the hebrew um, right. It's just that you condition. have tahor being uh, or tahara being the clean, and you have tame right. meaning uh, state of being unclean or whatever. Right. right. So obviously, a woman who g- brings life into the world and gives birth to a child, the fact that she's unclean does not mean that she is in sin and right. has no bearing on her state of righteousness between That's right. her and God. That's good. However, um, there is. Uh, there is a state of being, right? There is a, or sure, maybe a status of being uh, prepared or unprepared, or maybe set apart or not set apart, right? Chosen, not chosen, um, common and holy, right? Just u- using that the words are definitely opposites. Right. But again, uh, choosing to be unclean on purpose is right. sin. Yeah. So... When knowing to do something and not doing it, right? When it comes when yeah. it comes to the things that you have control over, obviously a woman becomes unclean at her monthly cycle. That's right. Obviously she becomes unclean when she gives birth. A man becomes unclean when he has a skin condition or when he has an issue of blood, which we'll get into here, or right. an issue discharge or whatever, which we'll get into. An outward manifestation of something happening on the inside, maybe. It, it could possibly be that, or it could, it could just be. be a physical ailment. That's right? true. You know, they could just not everything spiritual. Not everything, right? Yeah, there's the natural. Yeah. Yeah, so let's do it. Yeah, long story short, uh, I lost my train of thought there. So you you just wanted to make it. I just want to show people that good intentions. Where hey, listen, clean and unclean in the Bible doesn't necessarily mean sinful and righteous. Right, it's a state of being. Right, it's a state of being. Very good. That's true. That's a good point to make. Yep. All right. How about Metzora, person with skin disease? Leviticus fourteen verses. 1 through chapter 15, all the way through verse 33. Here we have the purification of a leper. So we've had the, as we go back and even look at our, our notes here, we have uh, the purification of women after childbirth. Right. We have the conditions for leprosy. Now we're going to have purification of a leper. Let's just say so, thank you, God, that you gave a way to cleanse the leper. He wants to cleanse us. Yeah. Uh, would the priest have to go outside the camp to see if a leper was healed? Oh, yeah. You don't bring the leper in the camp. You go out to see them. So this is the purification of the situation. So this yep. is a person with skin disease. Yep. They've come to the dermatologist. 
They've been diagnosed. Here we go. The following was needed for the healed leper to bring to the priest so that they would be cleansed. Two birds alive and clean. I love this. Cedarwood, scarlet, and hyssop. One of the birds was to be killed and the other was to be let loose into the open field. So this is interesting. Turtle doves are young pigeons, right? And how many of them? Is this two birds? Two. Two turtle doves. Is it turtle doves? <laughs> it could not, not necessarily here. It says two birds, right? Well, but everywhere do you else. Have the Hebrew? Everywhere else it talks about birds, it talks about turtle doves or pigeons. Interesting. Hey, guess what's in my notes here? What's that? Number four. Then shall the priest command to take for him that is to be cleansed two birds alive and clean and cedar wood and scarlet. The two birds alive in the Hebrew, it says sparrows. So it's not even turtle doves. And he knows when a sparrow falls. He does. You know, it's almost like this spiritual law of without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. Hmm. So one bird is killed and one bird is made alive. Showing you that the, the the magnitude of sin. Oh, and by the way, in aromatherapy, cedarwood and hyssop together, it cleanses your mind. It opens you up. Yeah. It brings peace and calm. Yes. It's not something new age, but it's actually been documented. So yeah. we have cedarwood and hyssop here in this particular situation to bring peaceness and calm, tranquility. Peace. Uh, something to think about. It's like lavender's aromatherapy. That's not new age. Lavender is is a calming effect. Yeah. It's not new age. You know, the, the oils have always been around. Right. Uh, and so anyway, we're moving on. So how many times did the priest sprinkle the healed leper? Ooh, seven times. Cor- course seven means completion. Yep. Uh, this is a big deal. Uh, what three things did the healed leper have to do in order to come back into the camp? Wash his clothes, shave off all his hair, and wash himself with water. So once again, seven means completion. We see that sprinkled. Uh, then, of course, three is divine of the Lord. Remember, you got the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Yes. You got the Holy of Holies, the inner court, the outer court. Yep. Noah was three levels. Right. Oh, the ark. Okay. Yep. The ark. And so, once again, uh, and then we move on to this. Uh, we got these incredible numbers like seven and three. Ah, ah, ah. Like ah, the count. Ah, ah. On the eighth day, the healed leper had to perform additional sacrifices. Leviticus 14.10. So, eight means new beginnings. And, of course, the sin and trespass offering belonged to the priests. They can eat it. They can get a portion of that, Yep. Uh, which is very interesting in this particular uh, thing. Now, remember, it was original sin that brought about the rash. Right. Skin afflictions. Yep. So if that's the case, then we witness a fallen world, and we need hand cream and everything. Uh, what three parts of the body did the priest apply the blood of the trespass offering on the healed Leper. Now, the trespass offering is an offering where you make restitution. Right. You're making restitution up to 20%. So it's very interesting versus the sin offering. You can't make restitution. But this trespass offering, you can trespass God and man. And so we have those three parts of the body, Ryan. And what are they? The tip of the right ear, the thumb of the right hand, and the great toe of the right foot. Wow. So I would say the ear is hearing, the thumb is grabbing. And the great toe means places. So what are you listening to? What are your hands doing? And where are you going? Yeah. You know, know, I was thinking of this and comparing it to the anointing and consecration of the priest. The priest is set apart to God. And so as they do that, they anoint the right ear, the right thumb, and the right big toe. And I was thinking, okay, so are you listening to the voice of God? Are you doing what God tells you to do? Or in this case of the priests, they're being commissioned specifically for the purpose of doing the work of God, right? So anointing the hand, and also going into the presence of God, going where God tells you to go, and doing what God tells you to do. So you hear his voice, keep his covenant, right? That's good. But then Mm. Mike kind of flipped it on its head, right? Maybe the consecration of the priest is a picture of the cleansing of the leper, because think about it. When God wants to cleanse us, we need to be cleansed of what we're listening to. Yeah. What are we what, what are we voice, allowing? Who told you you were naked, Adam? Right. The the what we do with our hands, are we taking righteous actions? Or are we doing things that we shouldn't be doing? And the places we go, are we going where God tells us to go or are we going to places that are unclean? Right? Cuz I think that inside of us, once we have that Holy Spirit, 
maybe we don't articulate the concepts of clean and unclean in the regular Christian walk. You know, those of us here, we're Christians with Torah, right? Ra ra Torah. So we understand clean and unclean. But think of this. Maybe, just maybe, God is showing us through the, this picture that we need to make sure that what we're listening to, what we're doing, and where we're going, that we're doing those things in a clean manner that is set apart to God and not in an unclean manner, right? Not listening to unclean things, which, you know, I would say that not watching. Well, there goes AM radio. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's funny, Ryan. I mean, I was just, I just got a revelation. You were just sharing this as yeah. you grabbed your ear and your hands and your feet or whatever. But here's the question. What are you hearing, doing, and going? Yeah, where you So going? he doesn't take the blood and anoint your lips. No. So it's almost like... Because well, garbage in, garbage it's out. It's so important that we hear, we yeah. do, right. and we go to the right places. Right. We don't even have to say anything. Well, think about this. The that's fa- that's my The Pharisees come to Jesus and criticize him because his disciples didn't wash their hands before they ate. And so they came to him and says, why do your disciples, your, your students, right? Because they represent him, so they're coming right. to him. Why do your students not keep the traditions of right. our fathers by not washing their hands before they eat? And so Jesus is taking this opportunity not to say that you just eat whatever you want and that you shouldn't wash your hands before right. you eat. That's true. You should wash your hands before you eat. Washing your hands is very it's good. It's a very good thing. Down sickness. But he, he explains to them, hey, you know what? It's not what goes into a man that defiles him, meaning dirty hands touching the food, and then it right. goes into his mouth, right? Because guess what? That goes in, right. and it comes out. And even according to the law of Moses, you would only be unclean until evening. That's right. But it's what comes out of a man that defiles him. Why? Because from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So this process of anointing the ear and talking about what I'm listening right. to is a preemptive uh, pre- you know, a preventative measure to make sure that what's in my heart, because of what I'm listening to, right? Because what that's true. Because it's garbage in, garbage right. out. So by the time it gets out of my mouth, it's already been coming in here. Out of the bronze of the heart, the mouth speaks. Amen. So if I'm frustrated, I speak frustration. Oh yeah. So it's something to think about. Now the priest sprinkled the oil with his finger before the Lord seven times. Uh, oil was also applied to the healed leper's ear, thumb, and great toe. And there was a provision for a poor leper so they could make sacrifices with two turtle doves or two young pigeons. There you go. 1422. There's my two turtle doves. Oh, yeah. I knew there no, was two turtle there's doves no in there. no partridge in a pear tree, though. No. You like that? Five golden rings. And two turtle doves or two young pigeons such as he is able to get. And the one shall be a sin offering and the other a burnt offering. So there we have it. So in closing this particular portion of the process... Did Yeshua heal lepers in the New Testament? Oh, yes, he did. So you want to read Matthew chapter 8, verses 1 through 4? And then I'm going to let you continue on in the, um, we're going to talk about the cleansing of infected houses. Yeah. So skin, clothing, houses. But let's go ahead and look at Yeshua uh, in the lepers in Matthew 8, 1 through 4. Yeah, I like the example in Luke, but we'll read 8. Uh, Matthew you could do you could do Luke if you want. I'm going to do Luke. Let's do, do Luke. Luke. Let's do Luke. I'm giving you the choice. Thank you. I see. Look you at know, you. You can have it. You, uh, I think it's great. See? I just picked Matthew because it was short. Yeah. Well, right. Right. This one is really good though. But we need to go ahead and read this. One. I feel yeah. like this is very this applicable is to us today. It's it's um I'm in Luke chapter 17. I'm really hot on Luke right now. So uh, I've been reading. That's right. I'm reading Luke at night with Christian. Yes. And um. And I'll tell you what, Luke chapter one is amazing. So is Luke chapter two. I read that last night. But Luke chapter one, man, I almost had like the fell out in the spirit reading it because it was just so amazing. Uh, reading about Zacharias as he's in there, and Gabriel oh, yeah. tells him, and he goes mute, and then he speaks. You know, when the boy's born, he had to hear, but he couldn't speak. Uh, no, it's that kind of ties in. Ah, oh, yeah. So um, chapter seventeen, verses eleven through nineteen in uh, the book of Luke, and it came to pass. As he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. This is talking about Yeshua. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face and at his feet, giving him thanks. 
and was a and was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? There are not found that returned to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. Interesting. I just I just love it. One was grateful. Listen. So so first of all, all ten were healed of leprosy. He says, Go show yourselves to the priests. Right. So all ten kept Torah. Are are healed. All ten. Right? So all of them were healed. And but here's the cool part. He didn't heal them right it there. It says they were cleansed. Right. He didn't heal them right there. They had to turn and start going towards the priest. They had to right. do as he said, be obedient, and guess what? Boom. Immediately as they're they obedient. They cried out to him. Right? Have mercy on us. And as immediately as they turned to go to they the priest. Jesus, master. Wow. As immediately as he became, uh, as they turned to, to obey him, they became cleansed. So one of them looks and is like, whoa, I'm healed. So he turns back and goes yeah. and thanks Yeshua. Man, you know, I read this and I just, I can be like those nine. You know, God gives me something and I've already moved on. You know, I'm already like, oh, okay, I'm good. You know. But they believed. <laughs> but they believed. If they, they cried did. out to Jesus, they would be healed. So think about the things we cry out to Jesus for. We have to believe for. Yep. I'm believing for some things. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You know, um, also in, um, you know, the the New Testament, which I like the New Testament. I like seeing a leper's cleanse. I like seeing God heal. Um, I feel like this is an ultimate expression of God's grace and mercy on us, right? Coming Um, from the original sin once again. Right. Skin afflictions in the New Testament. The lepers were... uh, Alive and well. That's right. Yes, they were. And so um, I read here in Luke chapter 2, because I was reading it last night, and I was just like, wow, you know, this is so applicable to this. And it says here, And when eight days were accomplished for the circumcising of the child, his name was called Jesus, which was so named of the angel before he was conceived. And, right, so he was brought to be circumcised by the priest. That's good. But then guess what? There's a skip here. And when the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, which law? The law of Moses? The law, the law of the Lord. That's a good reference for the New Testament. Every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. There's the principle. I just, I love seeing it. And then you have Simeon and Anna. Right. You know, I just, right. I love it. I love it. And it's just funny because, you know, people look at Leviticus and they like stick their nose up and they think like, oh, that's not applicable to today. If we can get these principles, we will have better lives, period. Our lives will be better because of understanding the difference between clean and unclean, understanding that there's protocol, there's ways to do things, ways right. not to do things. A purification process. And just the, just obedience to God in general. You know, I'll tell you, you know, we were kind of under the weather and, sniffing and you know the, the sniffles and yeah all these things with the, with the changing of the seasons and the pollen oh and, man and covid and all this crazy stuff going on it was funny how you know it's inside of us to want to be purified oh, so absolutely. so i'm thinking you know what you know clean air and clean water so i checked my ac filter and it was a little dirty oh and i noticed that time goes by so fast it sure does it was three months now, I like to change mine out every month. Yeah. But literally, Ryan, I was one day away from three months. Wow. And it was dirty. So think about it. It's all being sucked into that and going out throughout the house. But if you have something clean, now everyone's starting to feel better. Ah. But just like with a water filter or anything, you know. I, yeah. I just checked my uh, my well water for lead, and there was it was safe. But it's interesting, interesting how we talk about yeah. pure air, pure water. But what about our spirits? Sure. Our bodies. Yeah. You know, I, I have a hard time, like, with something that says artificial flavoring on it yeah. to eat it. I'm I mean, I, I do eat it sometimes, mm-hmm. but I really don't desire or even want it. I yeah. know, like, Almond Joy, sometimes you feel like a nut. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you, you don't. don't. But it's got artificial flavoring. That's uh, disappointing. But the Reese cups don't. Don't. They do not. So I really indulge in those. Yeah, it's peanut and butter. thin ones. And, and chocolate. chocolate. So stuff like that, you, if you look at it, it's kind of funny. Like, if you look at for the soups for the leaven. It's oh, yeah. a purification process. See, but do we slow down enough to even do it, Ryan? You know, I'm getting all I can out of my filter, out of my refrigerator. It still works. <laughs> so the guy told me a little trick. He says, I might be coming out slow, but it's still filtering. Oh. But they try to get you to change it out. Yeah. Those per filters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You slide in and click yep. 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 from the well water and then that. And so I've had mine for like 
a year and a half, two years. But it's time for one. It's time, yeah. Because what happens is if it doesn't filter it, it just won't, it won't give you any water. Interesting. So it's not like stuff slipping through. No, it, it just can't. blocks it up. Yeah, you're just slowly ah, but surely. That's how that works. So it. for those of you that think that you got to buy one of those for eighty bucks every month or whatever it is, yeah, that's rough. Get all you can out and just redo the the button. Yeah, I know it's green. <laughs> now I'm there a little longer, waiting for the water to come out. Yeah, because it's not as strong. Yeah, but it's still filtering it. Wow, interesting. I didn't know that. I could be wrong. Yeah. I don't know, but that's what I was told. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if the filter's clogged, then the water can't get through it. Right? That's right. That's right. Let's so, move on to the cleansing of infected houses. That's right. All right. So Skin, clothing, now houses. So could a house have leprosy? A- absolutely. Yes. I've been to them, I think, some leprous houses. I've walked in, you know, like construction sites or whatever. They're like, you know, ripping out everything because it was had water damage or whatever. Oh, it's bad. It's bad. So the house has to be emptied out before the priest could inspect it. That makes sense, right? You got to get your stuff out so they can That's actually right. see what's going on with the house. If there was evidence on the walls of the house in the house of a plague, then seven days were required for the house to be shut up and then later inspected. Interesting, right? If the plague spread throughout the house, they would take the stones and cast them into an unclean place without the city. And after the removal of the stones, the house would be scraped. It's interesting. You know, we had two inches of water because of the roof. You know, being opened up through a tree in the in the boys' room mm-hmm. in the girls' closet, and so there's like three inches of water. So they didn't have to replace the walls, yeah, but they had to replace the floor, yeah, yeah. They yeah. have to go as high up. So I was fortunate. Yeah, that is good. Well, and you know, it's interesting about them scraping. I've heard stories, um, you know, within the traditions that uh, they, you know, the Israelites would end up living in houses that they didn't. I'll have you dwell in houses build. that you didn't build. But then they get there, and then like they have this, you know. These this leprosy or whatever it is, you know, uh, growing on the walls. Right. So then when they go to scrape it, they end up finding that there's idols and things that That's they were right. trying to hide. Because they knew the Israelites were the coming. Walls. Right. Let's hide our idols and right. we'll come back and get them later. Right. But they couldn't come back later. No, no. And so they would end up discovering these Losing. because the house would end up with leprosy. That's right. And so what would happen to a house where the plague of leprosy continued to grow? Man, it would be destroyed. So I'm thankful that God doesn't deal with us the way he deals with houses. That's true. You know. It would be destroyed. That's right. Is the purification process the same for a house as it is for a person healed from leprosy? Absolutely. Same process. Yep. And so then what are the three things, what three things can leprosy contaminate? I would say uh, skin, clothing, and houses. And three is divine of the Lord. So those are three things that can be contaminated. You know, think about it. You know, people are just marking up their bodies with tattoos and all this other stuff. And even stuff that's kind of inappropriate. Oh, yeah. Like even, you know, pornography tattoos or pornographic tattoos. And then, of course, how about clothing? You know, think about it. People wear these nasty shirts. Yeah. And they're just negative. Yeah. And then, of course, when you think about the houses, you know, what's actually in these houses, you know, from the occult? Oh, yeah. What have you brought into the houses, you know? Yeah. You know, um, and that leads us to this question: What are some of the ways that we can contaminate skin, clothing, and houses other than leprosy? That's the conclusion of this particular. Oh, and I think chapter, that the Holy Spirit true. shows us clean and unclean in the modern day. And what can happen is we end up quenching the Holy Spirit and searing our conscience when we right. desensitize ourselves to things. I'll tell you what: I don't necessarily tell people that they need to cancel the cable, right? But I canceled cable at my house, not because of the shows that I would watch, but because of the commercials, right? They're, That's a good they're point. They're shoving it down your throat. You couldn't pick and choose. Whether you, you like it or not. had to endure it. Right. So I, um, I just got rid of it. And, uh, you know, even today, it's, even though I pick and choose what we watch and things like that, it's still a battle because it's, it's the, the culture is wicked and that That's wickedness true. is pervasive. And, and are you addicted to it? That's the question. Well, and there, yeah, no, I'm not. But no. there's, there's, an, there's an agenda that the enemy has to use the culture and popular culture right. in order to cause people to turn away from God. And maybe they don't say, you should turn away from God, right? It doesn't, it's not that's up front. No, no, it's, no. It's, it's subtle. It's right. over time. It's gradual. Well, TV is addicting. And when we look at where we are today... Culturally, <laughs> and where we were when I was a kid, we've we've really spiraled downhill. Right. And I imagine that they were saying that when I was a kid. 
from when people were the generations when before Elvis me. Elvis was on the Ed Sullivan show. Yeah. <laughs> he was gyrating hips. Yeah. Yeah, right? Well, and, you know, I think about decisions that were made in the past about certain things and how we think this decision that we're making, even though it's not 100% lined up with God, it doesn't necessarily seem bad, you know? Right. But something doesn't bear witness. They're like, oh, man, this is not good. This was not good. Yeah. So let's move on. Okay, so now we get to talk about the best part of these two portions. Yeah, we'll keep it, you know. Which is decent. unclean discharges from the body. Oh, boy, bodily fluids. Pastor Nick, take it away. I would love to. <laughs> I'm going to do it. Somebody right. has to do it. Somebody's got to do it. And I'll tell you, this is quite eye-opening as yeah. you begin to discover and research yourself. It yeah. is quite fascinating. If a man had a running sore on his flesh, he would be unclean. Yes, he would. Everything that the unclean man touched would be considered unclean. So it's not just the ladies. Right. So there's, it's very, they, they, they want to contain this thing. Yes. It's kind of like COVID. Oh, all qu- over again. Quarantine. Let's quarantine it. Uh, in Leviticus 15, 8, it says, And if he that hath the issue spit upon him that is clean, then he shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and be unclean until the even. I'll tell you what, you wouldn't, there doesn't need to be a law in Leviticus to tell me that if somebody who is visibly unclean spit on me to go bathe. Something just came. I would me. go do that. I just got a download. On my own. Are you ready for this? Yes, yeah, sir. I know. That's gross. Yeah. yeah. They spit on Jesus. Oh. Purposely to make him unclean. <laughs> now, but let me explain something to all of you people listening or watching. This is interesting. So God doesn't change. He doesn't go against his, his, his laws or anything like that. But what got me was this, though. It just, it just hit me. Jesus took spittle and made mud with his spittle. Yeah. And he applied the spit and the mud yep. to the eyes. And they were clean. So they could see. Yep. So there's something there. Oh, yeah. Uh, there but he was, is clean. Now, I, I don't know the full connotation. I'd have to go back and research. But I did hear, not to say it's public records, but I think it's known, they say that the firstborn spit has miraculous powers, or it has some kind of a powers. I don't know. Maybe Jesus. But I'm just spit? saying that he is a firstborn. Yes. But I'm saying that it's not kind of odd. But I did hear that commentary, yeah. and I'm not saying that that's true. Yeah. Don't go spitting on people or whatever. Yeah. But anyway, just something to think about. I just you know because remember Yeshua was a firstborn, but he did spittle. He made the mud. Yep. And maybe that's a picture of, hey, my, my lips, God says, my lips were on you, and I gave you, uh, I made you a living soul. That's right. So a kiss is moisture. That's know? right, yep. And so, anyway, um, that's very interesting. Um, moving on, an earthen vessel touched by a male with a running sword would be broken, because once again, it has pores. Uh, it's clay. We're, we're like jars of clay. Mm-hmm. Uh, a vessel of wood touched by an unclean male with a running sore would be rinsed in water. Uh, and how many days were required for cleansing a male with a running sore? Seven days. Boy, there's nothing worse than a, than a wound that won't heal. Oh. oh, man. I remember I had surgery and stitches and everything. And, boy, I, I just, and it just, thank God, it healed up, you know. Yep. On the eighth day, the man would have to bring to the priest two turtle doves or two young pigeons for his cleansing. Once again, these are unclean discharges from the body. The priest made atonement for the man with the running sword by offering one bird for a sin offering and the other bird for a burnt offering. So one bird was a sin offering, the other bird was totally consumed. If a male spills his seed, he is unclean until evening. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's one good thing about the Catholics. They don't believe in birth control. <laughs> yeah. So the thing is, are you playing God? Yeah, lots of kids. So... I know everyone has an opinion on birth control. Sure. But my wife and I, you know, they talk about the rhythm method, the natural method, whatever it is. But I would say to to most people, really everyone, that, you know, God brings children into the earth. And so your seed is so important, you know. Yeah. And uh, and so, like I said, you don't want to spill your seed. Uh, And that's what happened in one of the cases in the Bible one of Judah's sons built his seed because he didn't want to take on the responsibility right. of carrying on his brother's name, family. Right. Shirking his responsibility. And God took him, says, yeah. how dare you? Now, it wasn't just that he spilled his seed, but it right. was because he... he Disobedient. He, yeah, he, he neglected the responsibility. Right. You know, It's just like we have a responsibility to be restored and be gathered to, for the Lord. We have this responsibility 
to, to be with the Jews. Yes. It's very important. Uh, of course, he was required to wash with water. How long was a woman to be set apart if she has an issue of blood? Seven days. Seven days. All right. If a woman with an issue of blood sat on something, it would be unclean. Yep. Uh, if someone sat on something that an unclean woman sat on, they would be considered unclean. If someone was determined to be unclean because of making contact with an unclean woman, they would need to wash their clothes and bathe in water. Now, the woman was required to bring two turtle doves, once again, or two young pigeons on the eighth day. This offering was to make atonement for her. You know, it comes to my mind the, the fact that the woman with the issue of blood for, what, 18 years? And she said, if I just touch his garment, I'll be healed. I know. But she knew what she was risking. What faith, right? But she knew what she was risking. She yeah. was unclean. Oh, yeah. And she reached out. That's right. And Yeshua felt something leave from him, his virtue. So I thought that was interesting that uh, this is in regards to the, to the male and to the female uh, in bodily fluids, whether it's the, the male sperm or the woman's blood. You know? And it's interesting how today when you go into the stores, like Bed Bath and & Beyond, and they're all masked up. You're wearing a mask, and you go in there, <laughs> and they wipe down the, the place where you put your card, and they wipe the table. Next. And then they kind of it kind of reminded me of this. Interesting, yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's clean all this. The next customer, hold on, let me clean this. And then you can come in, you know. And, and matter of fact, you can't use the same pen. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just different things. Just Which keep it, the pen. It's like the, it's like the Torah. <laughs> yeah. So in Leviticus 15.31, thus shall ye separate the children of Israel from their uncleanness, that they, die, that, that they die not in their uncleanness when they defile my tabernacle that is among them. So, so let me tie these two things in, Ryan, and I'll let you close. I want to just tie these two things in. This is what stood out to me when I was reading this, actually. Uh, question number 12 here. Thus shall ye separate the children of Israel from their uncleanness, that they die not in their uncleanness. This is the fill in the blanks. When they defile my tabernacle, that is among them. So uncleanness, uncleanness, separate. So the question in Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 to 21 is, the Apostle Paul lists the 17 works of the flesh, and one of them is uncleanness. Is the sin of uncleanness applicable to today? Now, this is what got me. It really stuck out to me. It's like God was saying to me, don't bring uncleanness into my tabernacle, mm. into my temple. Yep. You don't even want to bring it in there. So right. it's on you. Don't bring it in. Well, so I'm just saying that that really shook me, you know, like. That's the real point of the clean and unclean separation is so that the people would not go into the tabernacle as it's unclean. Let's just think about um, it's probably the most public place among the camp with the most people, right? And so when you bring uncleanness into that area, then you affect everyone else that is there, right? And so it's a big deal. Now, as far as whether or not uncleanness is applicable today. That's a good point, though. If uncleanness is one of the works of the flesh, how do we learn about uncleanness but by what we just shared? Leviticus. <laughs> That's where you learn. But here's the thing yeah. about uncleanness, right? I think the modern-day Christian looks at this and believes that they understand through the Holy Spirit what is clean and unclean. And we're talking about things like, you know, unclean shows or unclean things. This is not talking about being unclean as in I was dirty because I had to work in the mud, right? That's not what we're talking about. Right. What we are talking about here is something completely different. We're talking about the uncleanness that brings on a status of uncleanness, right? All these things that we've just discussed. And so in today's day and age, you know, like, you know what brings to mind is Dave Ramsey. Now, I know Dave Ramsey, um, people are really familiar with him. He he has the Financial Peace University. He's the money oh, yeah. guy for Christians. He has good Excellent. biblical principles about money. And he's very, very anti-debt. Now, there are ways to expedite your financial future by leveraging debt. And he fully recognizes that. But what he recognizes more than that is people have bad behavior. Yeah. And so the whole point of his system is about what people are actually going to do. That's a good point. Change you your can behavior. say, oh, I'm just going to put this on the credit card and then I'm going to pay it off. But you won't. And the data shows that in 99% of cases, you won't. You don't have the discipline and you won't do it. So why set yourself up for failure? Even though you have good intentions, you're going to end up, in this case, unclean, right? With the debt long term, whatever. Now, here's where I'm going with this. 
God is looking at this and saying that he recognizes, right? And Paul recognizes that there is a natural and a spiritual to everything. And so when we, you know, stick our nose up at Leviticus and the laws of purification and the clean and unclean, and we do things that we know we shouldn't be doing, when it comes time for us to go to the things that really matter, right? The That's real and this is the way matters to God. of the heart, the clean and unclean things. This is the way to God. It, you know, a good example of this is uh, Jewish men, right? Orthodox Jewish men won't touch another woman. They won't even shake hands. I wonder what the percentage of adultery is among Jewish couples. That's a good point. Even in being in jail or prison. There's not as many. There's not a lot of Jews. In I would say it's a very low percentage. That's good. Right. Interesting. So because they have a fence, right? Yeah. Right. So God's creating Safeguards. F- fences for us to teach us in the natural, so that we understand right. clean and unclean as a rails? rhythm. Guardrails. Clean and unclean as a rhythm for our life, so that when it comes time for right. us to make the decisions that really matter, you Guide know, posts and guardrails that we we have no trouble because we're all the way back here. Right. We're, Safeguards. We're not even over there. It's preventative. We're not even close. You're to thinking that. ahead. Safeguarding. Not even an option. That's interesting. And what does he say that uh, I love what Dave Ramsey says? We just put in a plug for him. Why not? Praise the Lord. Um, what does it say that uh, imitation is the highest form of flattery? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I like what he says. People don't, you know, plan to fail, they fail to plan. Correct. And there's so many principles found in here. So I would say that is the sin of uncleanness applicable to today? Yes. Uh, what two lessons can be learned from the Torah portion of Metzora, person with skin disease? From Nicholas Plummer, uh, Pastor Nick would say this in number one, skin, clothing, and houses can be contaminated. Oh, yeah. Bar none. You ever just walked into a house and felt, ooh. Yeah. All right, number two. I love this. God has a process to personally purify us. Isn't that good? You know, I was sharing with, with Ryan earlier, you know, as, as, as pastors, you know, we, we need counseling. Yeah. We need help. Oh, yeah. Because it's important that you get a third party or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's not your church. Many counselors. You know, it's not your safety. family, yep. but it's a third party. Because yep. in the multitude of counselors, are safety. Yes. So I'm having my first session next week, and I'm so excited for yeah, it. Yeah, praise God. Yeah, so we'll see how it works out. But anyway, um, and, and I believe that this will purify me. Yes. It's going to get out the dross, the chaff. Yes. You know, the things that I carry that I don't need to carry. Yeah. You might made a big say. deal last night about, you know, it not necessarily being clean and unclean, but pure and impure. That's true. There's either pure gold or there's gold that's not pure gold. Right. Right? And so it's one or the other. So you're either clean or you're not. And there's another big debate, and I'm sure we'll get into it because I know that the Holy Spirit versus the occult will be coming up here as we approach Shavuot. But, you know, people are saying, does, does a Christian have a demon or does a demon have a Christian? Huh. Interesting. Yeah. You know, somebody made the observation that if you have a, you know, a glass of water and you drop a rock into it. Yeah. You still have a glass of water. Yes, you do. You know, and, and as far as the the term possession, demons don't possess anything. They sure. don't own anything. We call them squatters. Oh yeah. Or the strong man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or the familiar spirit. Right. So so you didn't get here overnight. String pullers. So you know, and I and I think that this is a result of the enemy trying to keep pot us down. stirs. That's what they are. They're pot stirs. And that's all I have. And so did you want to? I want to count the Omer. Oh. Good. I have my paper. Yeah. I want to count the Omer. So today is the 10th day, and so we're going to count it that way. At right. evening tonight, it'll be the 11th day of the counting of the Omer. This is true. And we're counting up to 50. That's right. And on the 50th day, it will be Shavuot. That's right, which will be the evening of May 22nd. There if you, you count go. seven Sabbaths plus one day after the weekly Sabbath of Pesach of Passover, which was, of course, we started April 3rd in the evening. So that's Correct. where we get the counting of the Omer for us. Yes. What we're doing. Yes. If you have any questions, Ryan at two praise.net. <laughs> yes. Send me an email. All right. All right. So we're going to say it. Baruch Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Asher Kitchenu B'Mitzvotav V'Tivanu Al-Sifarat HaOmer. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, whose commandments add holiness to our lives and gives us the command to count the Omer. Today is 10 days, which is one week and three days of the counting of the Omer. Amen. Uh, uh, uh. Hallelujah. How so, easy is that? So Christian, that? when I, we, he and I do it at night, and the girls, we face Jerusalem and we... 
we bless God Woo. and we say thank you, Lord, for these easy. That's what the whole blessing is about. It's an easy, uh, low hanging. Doesn't fruit. hurt you. Thank you, God, for giving me holiness and setting me apart. And through it's anticipating something. Your companions. We're anticipating Amen. something. Looking up. So. Wow, right. two portions in just a little over an hour. Yeah, man, that's incredible. I know we went over just a tad. We're so blessed. But you know what? We are all blessed, and I thank God, and I thank God for you guys. And so, we love you, and we believe in you. That's right. And so uh, I hope you guys enjoy. Thank you guys for watching and participating with us in these Torah portions, the Christians with Torah out there. Um, I love hearing your emails and stuff like that. I try to get back to you guys as quickly as I can. Thank you so much for that. Uh, bless you guys. Have a great week.